Creed's journal entry number seven. It's been a few days since my last entry. Um, yesterday was a lot. Uh, travel had gone fairly well. No encounters, no injuries. Well, Cena stepped in some kind of bug's nest or hive. I hope your leg heals, cousin. It would be a shame if we would have to cut it off. You would likely not survive in that situation. Mads, I seriously doubt that we're going to have to cut my leg off. I'm just saying, making conversation, as it were. But other than that, all was going well enough. Until we happened upon a clearing and encountered a, um, a cat person. No one in the group took a liking to the fellow. Evil, no, I am a half-man and half-pussy. It seemed like everything he said could be taken in a promiscuous manner. So Madge finally ran him off. <laughs> he's, uh, he's immediately going to say, Well, gotta go, deliver package, bye, and take off running away from you. For, he's headed further down the road. Ugh. Nasty. As it turns out, apparently these cat people deliver messages from town to town. Kind of an interesting idea. I wonder if I could send a message back to my family back home. It's probably not worth it if all the cat people talk the way this one did. Anyway, one such town that he was delivering messages to was built around an old giant's outpost. There was a large watchtower in the center with a makeshift arena inside. You gonna stay for the big fight tonight? Big fight? What is fighting? Oh, we got people challenging our champion. Uh, it's, uh, it's a weekly event. It's how he really makes a living and how he earns his uh, housing here. We let him stay for free as long as he's gonna fight people. It brings a lot of people here. Madge agreed to step in for a round, and he went head-to-head -head with a Cyclops. Ladies and gentlemen, we have our new champion, Mads from the North! All the while, Fyrdos had smoked some rather potent herbs and found himself a little loopy. Ferdos, you feel the mountain below you just collapse like it did when it was on the elevator, but this time it goes so fast and you're just in a free fall. It feels like I'm falling, but I'm actually like jumping up in the air and <laughs> I'm going to wild shape into a warhorse okay. and start neighing and like flipping and flopping all around. By the end of the night, he passed out and things began to calm down. Mads only took a small portion of his winnings after beating the Cyclops. And as I was writing some tunes with the locals, I noticed Cena found something wedged up high in the bricks of the watchtower. Some kind of paper note. So yeah, yesterday was a long day. Here's hoping we can relax a bit this morning. Until the next entry, this is Creed, signing off. Time to Die Podcast Network presents The Giant's March The road is long But the world is small
Did we ever get the name of this town? You know what? I was going to give you the name through the uh, cat centaur, but then you guys tried to kill him. <laughs> so, mm. um, The world's worst NPC. Fuck that NPC. I don't ever need to know the city's name if that's the only way I get to find out. <laughs> yep. <laughs> as far as you guys know, it's just the Watchtower Village or something. Good. Like I'm into it. If the only way I can find out is by talking to that character again, I'm fucking good. <laughs> we walk past the sign on the way out. Welcome to the city of Pussy. <laughs> oh my god. Don't give him any ideas. Oh my god. Well, luckily for him, we won't have to have any more ideas because I'll quit after that. <laughs> <laughs> you guys would have gleaned that it's the Ellywick Watchtower. It would have been written somewhere or spoken somewhere. Anyway, writing it down. I don't know if that'll be important to you, but there you go. And how do you spell watchtower? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Movement watchtower. What? This episode is sponsored by Movement Watches. MVNT. Is it? No. Good heavens. I was about to say, is that a thing that happened, or are we getting paid now? We're not that big. All right, I'm going to kick this off with uh, Feardos, roll me 2d4s. Okay. One and then the other. Now I get to flex my picking up a D4 capabilities. <sighs> Weird flex, but okay. First I have to flex being able to find a D4. So, um, for the first one, black or yellow? Black. Okay, so a one and then a two. Okay. Did you guys spend the night in the watchtower? I believe so. Although, uh, Ferdos would not have any sort of say in the matter of being how fucked up he was. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> you guys wake up the following morning, and it is a mildly sunny day. The sun is coming through the whatever is left of the beams of this old watchtower up in the ceiling rafters, and um, there are people, just little gnomes and people that we're traveling through that slept on some of these makeshift bleachers and uh Cena roll me a con save oh uh 24 every morning you have been monitoring these horrible bug bites that you got about three days ago and as you check your leg this morning as you wake up it seems like they very much subsided um it's almost like you know, there's a, some little spots, but it doesn't even itch anymore. Okay, cool. She's gonna take that for granted because I'm sure that won't come back to bite me in the ass later. If it does, the mark will still show up a few days later. <laughs> I will uh, do a quick flashback just for a second because um, I said what your note was about, but I'm actually gonna read it. This is the note that you found in the wall last night. It says, Either. They say time heals all wounds, but the pain I feel at losing you is as strong now as the day when I first received the news. I hate that I couldn't be with you, but I also cannot go on with this pain. I must try to heal. For this reason, I've buried your memories in the woods. 
if anyone ever finds this note, perhaps they'll locate and carry your memories with them. But I can no longer bear the heartache. I love you. Iwan. So anyway, that's a quick flashback. She is going to bring up the note, and is was there like a map or anything with it, or...? Yeah, it's, um, simple. It looks like it's not too far from the watchtower, and it, as best you can tell, it looks like it was just kind of something he hid under the cutout of the roots of a tree or something. Okay, uh, she will show the note to her cousins, and then say, I really want to honor this person's wishes and go look for it. You guys don't have to come with me, but it shouldn't be that far away. So even if you don't want to come, I shouldn't be gone long. Have fun with that. Beardos, you hear from beside you, it's the bearded gnome that you lost last night. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, that that voice. It comforts me to know that you've reappeared, my friend. Yeah, I took a big fall when you changed. That was not very pleasant. I still have a sore leg after that. Um, excuse me, what happened? I changed? You turned into a polar bear and I hit the ground pretty hard. I have no memory of this. Well, I don't really feel like trekking on it, so I'm just gonna hang here. Okay, I mean, that's fine with me. I don't want you to hurt yourself further if you have a bad leg. I would go with you. Okay. She's, she's going to hold her hand out to uh, see if you'll give her the map. Uh, Sina uh, won't give her the map. She's going to study it for a while and then say, We may need to shuffle. And axe. It would appear that I am coming along then, huh? I suppose we all would be. I mean, if you want to come, Mads, you can if you want. I mean, I'm not going to force you. Well, I am not going to give you my axe or my shovel, so if they are going to come with you, they will have to be on my person. Okay, Mads, thank you. I'm not even sure. I I feel a bit lightheaded. I had weird dreams last night. Doesn't surprise me. You were pretty much blasted out of your skull, so I don't... I'm not surprised. (laughs) That... That was one of my dreams, ironically. (laughs) And, uh... I remember being disemboweled and um, quite content to just hold my innards into my abdomen uh, for safekeeping. Then they spilled out everywhere. And then I went swimming. Weird dream. Mostly you just crawled upon me while I was fighting the Cyclops. What? Took much effort to keep him from killing you. You already fought. How did it go? I beat the shit out of him. Mm-hmm. It was really Literally, impressive. he shit his pants. It was very stinky. <laughs> oh, that sounds wonderful. I'm glad to hear it. Now. It was. It was glorious. So it turns out I am the new champion here. I will make sure to give a prayer of thanks to Ifki in, in my uh, morning routine here. I do not know who this Ifki is. Only the mountain deserves thanks. Maybe... (laughs) 
Maybe if he can have a little thanks as a treat. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> I guess we'll just have to agree to disagree on that matter. This is a fair compromise. Can we save the theology for after we find this thing? I believe I could do that. And I know I can, because I don't know what you're talking about. Would you care to learn, cousin? No, I wouldn't. <laughs> the matter is settled, then. Let us leave. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. She's, as, as we walk away, Cena is just repeating in her head like a mantra, I love my cousins. I love my cousins. I love my cousins. <laughs> Um, the busker's gonna trail behind you guys simply because he's supposed to document everything, but he seems like he's pretty sleepy. You, the, uh, the map clearly instructs you to head west, which means you're gonna pass the smoke tavern and the drink tavern, and you see the cyclops sitting there at the bar and some people eating some breakfast, and then as you continue past those into the woods, whoever would like to handle the map and roll a survival check. I'll do it. I'm good with survival. Alright, so that's a 17 plus 6. So, what's that, 23? Yeah, that's huge. You're able to not only make out the map clearly, but he, fortunately for you guys, the guy that did this gave landmark instructions that are ones that, you know, they would stand the test of time. So, like, the massive boulder, then go this many steps to the whatever. The only difference is that, based on how he drew the map, it looks like the trees are pretty sparse and stuff that he's following. When you actually do it, it looks maybe like they're closer together, because they've all grown so fat over this 80-year span. Um, but you guys find it okay, and as, at least as best you can make out, it looks like the right kind of a tree. Um, it's the right type that he wrote down, and it looks like you just need to cut away some of these roots and dig down inside. Okay, let's do it. And Cena uh, will, if if Mads will let her, uh, she'll take one of the, she'll take the shovel and start digging. Yeah, Mads will let you have the shovel. The shovel is fine. Okay. This has grown considerably since he made this map, so you're going to have to chop a little bit to get underneath okay. these roots. If there is anything I am considerably good at, cousin, it is chopping. I was going to ask if you wanted to do the chopping, because quite frankly, I don't trust myself. I would love to do the chopping. Thank you. And Mads will giddily go over and start fucking chopping. <laughs> <laughs> He'll Given like you. sing as he's doing it. Given your size, you guys are able to tear through this wood and dig deep into the ground. And it's not long before you hear the classic ka-chunk. And you wedge this box out. And it's uh, it's clearly been waterlogged and weathered over the years, but he sealed it up pretty good. And when you crack it open, you see a few things. Just little items about like you would expect for a memory box like this. Um, one is a drawing of this late this woman Ada that he wrote the note to, and it's all rolled up in a tube. It's just kind of a, a graphite sketch, and it's been preserved pretty well. You find a ring. It's ornate, and it has the symbol of a garland of flowers, and this is common knowledge in 
the world of the giants that this is uh, the symbol for Iolanus, and she's the god of love and mercy. All right, writing that down. You also find um, a lace glove and a mostly evaporated vial of perfume, which has basically filled this box. So when you open it up, it hits you in the face. You're just like, wow, this is, uh, you know, daffodils or whatever the hell. I don't know. Some kind of flower. <laughs> and that's the contents of the box. You don't know how much currency has changed over these last 80 years, but you would assume that this ring, being as ornate as it is, is pretty pricey. Is this like a a giant's um, time capsule, or was it like some other smaller creature that? It is, and she the ring based on the ring size. You see that it would fit on uh, Cena's finger for sure, and it's she found okay. it so high up in the bricks that a gnome would never have been able to reach it. Oh, okay. Somebody give me. It depends on how you would know this knowledge, but I think you could do Arcana. Or religion. Um, hmm. I'll do an arcana check. Ooh, uh, 23. Like I said, this is kind of common knowledge because this is one of the gods that's very normal in giant culture. Goddesses, excuse me. You would know that these rings, it could just be an ornate ring and it's expensive in and of itself. But you were aware that there are times where the if you find somebody who knows how to do the magic, specifically because you found it in a memory box, they're able to imbue this ring with memories. And with those memories, you know, it could come with pain because they're sad, or it could also come with knowledge, something that they learned or some skill they developed, they can put it in this ring so that the wearer would have that memory in their heads as long as they wear the ring. Unless you do further investigation, you can't tell which is the case, if this is just a normal ring or a magic ring, but you know that people do that for a big price. Okay, uh, Sino will turn to the rest of the group and say, so the thing about rings like this is that for a certain price, you can pay someone to imbue memories in them. And since the note said something about carrying memories with us... I'm kind of inclined to believe that this has memories in it. What kind? I don't know. Why do you think these things are important, cousin? I don't know. Somebody obviously cared enough to write so much about it, and they hoped somebody would find it one day. Do you believe that if you put the wing on, that you would receive these memories? Possibly. The only way to find out is to do it. She'll shrug. It's truly fascinating. This could be my only chance to experience something like this firsthand, and, uh, fuck it, she'll slide it on. <laughs> I think it's a little big for you, but you could find a finger that it would fit on, and, uh... My thumb. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You put this on, and, uh, nothing happens. At first. And then, as you start thinking back, you have these images in your head of laying in the grass... They're not super vivid. Mostly you just remember a blanket, a bottle of wine, a basket. It's a very classic scene. Well, this is where it gets a little weird because you have this imagery as if you're a, a guy in this situation and there's a girl before you and the fondness you feel for her is extreme. I mean, it impacts you on a deep emotional level. And then 
the realization that you've lost her, it's heartbreaking. And it's almost more than you can bear. The depression sets in. And I'm going to tell you, mechanically speaking, what happens as a result of this depression and you loss of focus around you is that you have a negative one to con saves. You have a negative two to your charisma stats, all of them. However, with this heartbreak, you also get this knowledge of how to do a magic spell. Again, mechanically speaking, it's once per day you can cast the power word heal spell. Okay, once. Alright, and so is the negative two, like, just to my regular stats, or... So, like, I have a plus two, would that become a plus zero, or would it become a negative two? It would become a plus zero. Okay. And so, oh no, I only have a plus eight to con. (laughs) There's the spell in the chat. Um, It's a big one. Holy shit. Okay. You can do it once per day, but you just feel like shit. I basically you feel like a loved one died. She feels this effect and then just like sits down on the ground and she just goes, "Just just give me a minute. Just just I just there was a lot in that." And something definitely happened, but I also feel like I can do a lot of healing now. At least to one person. You've gone a bit pale. It feels like I just lost someone. This was definitely a... Who took them? I will kill them, cousin. (laughs) Do not worry. Anyone who has taken something from you will suffer drastic and, and very horrible defeat. No, not like that. It feels like someone just... I haven't felt like this since before Mama died. I am confused. The memories in this made me feel like this person did, and just... Oh my god. She, she'll she take off the ring and put it in her pocket. As soon as you take off the ring, the knowledge and awareness of you that you had of how to do this spell it's like you just can't remember it but you still feel so sad and the vision that you had of that park it starts to get hazy but it's like waking up from a dream where you can't remember the dream but you're just so sad <laughs> mechanically speaking i'm going to tell you those negatives are going to last till the end of the day or a long rest I'm going to uh, kneel down um, near her and then uh, cast Druid Craft to um, have a slight breeze blow towards her, and it's going to have the smell of uh, honeysuckle in the air to hopefully make her feel better. Thank you, Fair Dose. No problem. If the negatives are going to last anyway, she'll put the ring back on because I, I, I want to have the spell consequences be damned. <laughs> so. Why are you sad, cousin? I am still confused. The memories in this ring made me feel sad. We have a story on the mountain that might make you feel better if you'd like to hear it. Does the story involve killing someone who wronged you? It does not. Okay. Go ahead and tell it if you'd like. The boulders are often part 
of the mountain. And you can see them, you can climb upon them, you can feel their weight. When the boulder begins to roll and smash itself upon the mountain, eventually there is no boulder. But this boulder is now once again the mountain. That's beautiful, Mads. <laughs> Creed is just jotting all this down as you speak it. His horrible spelling. Thank you, Mads. He'll uh, come up and he'll kind of like motion to touch you, but he'll wait because he has such a thing about touching. So he'll wait for like a, hey, is it cool to like pat you on the shoulder kind of a thing? <laughs> <laughs> She'll go, it's fine, it's fine. And he will uh, pat your shoulder and say, this has given me countenance many times in my life. Bogdana is going to slump down next to you and say, uh, I am sorry for your loss. Thank you. I don't think it was mine, at least not this one. It just feels like it is. Maybe you would feel better to get drink in you. Okay, uh, Cena will take out her water skin <laughs> and take a drink. I don't think that's the drink she's talking about, cousin. <laughs> it's not? <laughs> Mads will, uh, grab some, uh, some of the wine from his water skin and, uh, hand it over. Uh, Cena, Cena will take a few drinks. It's incredibly strong. Okay. <laughs> And if you'd like, I, I have some um, some herb that I purchased from uh, a store yesterday. I, I've yet to try it out, but I, I think it might be pretty good. No, no, I can't get crossed. It's too early. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, it's the stuff that he definitely tried and just doesn't remember. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, she'll, she hands Mads back his wineskin and stands up. How big is this box? Oh, it's just like a jewelry box. She'll put the note in the box and then put the box in her pack to carry all the memories around. Okay. Well, I don't mean to be insensitive, but uh, um, I'm getting a bit hungry. If I might head back to town. Cena, are you ready to return? Yeah, yeah. The fat bard is always hungry. <laughs> as you guys head back into town the tavern has filled up more than when you left and uh, it's probably sunwise reaching about 9 or 10 o'clock in the morning and um, the cyclops is still sitting at the bar kind of nursing some of his bruises the smoke shop's looking more barren than the drink shop I'm gonna go and sit next to the cyclops as you approach him, you hear him talking to the to Dina, the bartender lady. And does he say, you know, I really did it this time. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's saying, uh, Jumpy want moon drink. And she's saying, don't blame me. I was trying to protect you. If you sit down next to him, he's going to look at you and say, you have moon drink. I don't know what that is that you're talking about. He's sad because I gave away all of my moonshine. 
Well, I bought that, did I not? No, I didn't have any left when you came by. I gave it all to those bastards, the tieflings, yesterday afternoon. Wait, I thought... Hold on. You asked for an ale. I gave you my strongest one. I think we were looking for tieflings. Why would you be looking for tieflings? Here, of all places. Well, it would seem we've come to the right place since you have served them. They don't normally come by here. That's why I gave them the moonshine so they would leave. We can't afford to have them see our champion. They could shut down our entire operation. I thought I was the champion now. Champy, no champy. Unless you are going to beat me into a pulp anytime soon, I do not believe you are the champion no more. He stands up to his full height, which is now that you're sitting on a stool just as tall as you are, and he looks you in the eye and he says, You want fight, champy? If that is what you desire, I could do it again. You see him pause and put a finger to his chin and look down. Then he says, No. He sits on the stool. Champy just want moon drink. (laughs) Well, Champy, I do not believe you are going to get any any time soon. So perhaps you should develop a taste for something weaker. (laughs) His bottom lip sticks out. She rolls her eyes and she says, What do you want with those tieflings anyway? I thought giants hated tieflings. I think you are starting to draw the connection yourself. They came to our town. They did some things that we would rather not discuss. And we are on their tails. Well, you're lagging a bit behind. They weren't... It was shortly after lunchtime last yesterday that they passed through. Um, They just asked for several bottles of moonshine and didn't even bother coming into town, so I had to deliver it to them. They paid well enough, so... I just thought, I'll get rid of them, and I can wait and get a shipment later. What direction did you see they were heading? South, towards the Great Marsh. Sounds like our tieflings. They had four oxen carrying their car. There was just the two of them. The load looked heavy, yes? Yes, they didn't have much room for the moonshine, but they insisted I stock their cart full with as much as I could muster. I need to go and speak with my cousins. Thank you for this information. You're not going to have breakfast? It is more important that I speak with my cousins, and we will decide what to do next from there. Very well. Well, come back if you need anything. All right. And uh, Mads will go and find his cousins. As you're leaving, she looks a little crestfallen that she didn't get a huge fortune trying to feed three big giants. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Three plus two. I'm walking around uh, the outside of the town, and I'm, like, taking note of all the um, plants and stuff in the area, like, sort of cataloging them and, and stuff. Um, whoever is uh, closer, I would go to first. So if that's Cena, I would go to Cena. Uh, Cena is probably just sitting like on us on the steps in front of the watchtower, trying way too hard to figure out what kind of flower this is, while simultaneously being too proud to ask Feardhouse. I have uh, found a trail for our tiefling friends. That's you found a trail. How? Where? 
The bartender delivered moonshine to them yesterday, around lunchtime. Moonshine? So, are we sure it was the right tieflings? Firdaus, get over here. Hmm? Uh, yes. Uh. There were two with a cart of four oxen, incredibly heavy cargo. Oh, yeah. That's them. Yes, they are heading towards the marsh still. Okay. This is great news. Perhaps we will not be staying here a second night. As you say that, a gnome walks up to your party with a device in his hand and he says, Capture a memory for ya? And he holds it up and it's the same leather built device. It's like leather and wood and intricate mechanics that you saw when you first left your big city. Um, you remember it as the camera, except it, you thought it captured people's souls. <laughs> No, I'm going to so flick he... the camera out of his hands. Like, I'm going to flick that motherfucker as far as I can possibly flick it. <laughs> the camera flies away from the watchtower steps and smashes against a far building wall. And you see his entire countenance fall. And he says, Well, that's a small fortune down the drain. You will not steal our souls today, gnome. He became incontinent. <laughs> <laughs> I I was going to capture your memory with the new champion for a fee. What do you mean capture a memory? You would take our memories? This is worse than trying to take our soul. Hang on, let, let the gnome explain. I was going to preserve them for you. It's like a very advanced painting or a sketch instantly. And, and now I'm... I have to tell my wife that, oh, she didn't believe that this was a good career for me to take, and now it's broken. <laughs> it would turn out she was correct, as someone has smashed your career. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. There used to be a saying in the Daleks gag as to not to put all of your snakes in one basket. I'm going to have to sleep in the watchtower for this. Snakes get very ornery. You should not keep them in the same basket. That is very true. Hang, hang on, wait. Can I can I look at the? <laughs> can I like go pick up the pieces and just, okay, like, investigate it? <laughs> you're gonna be gone for a few minutes. <laughs> he launched this thing far. She's gonna be like, "I'll be back. I'll be back. Just give me a minute." And <laughs> she's gonna uh, go over. It's gonna be like searching for the Dragon Balls. <laughs> you, you you walk like a block a block down the road and. Most of it's held together pretty well. There's a few pieces scattered about, but you can find them. She'll take it back to the gnome. And she'll say, so this just produces like an instant portrait? Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if we have to re-imbue it with this conjuration magic, but the light goes in the lens there, the glass, and, and then it comes out on the paper. That's so interesting. She's like... Is this like a regular human holding up like a Barbie camera? Yeah. Okay. She's like, it's so delicate. It's a wonderful piece of machinery and magic. I just, I got word that they were making them in a few towns over and making huge shipments down to uh, Skazakus, but this was my first one. I just built it. Perhaps we can test its uh, soul-stealing capabilities. 
putting a pin in the fact that you built it, which is very cool. Yeah, sure. Try to steal. Try to steal my soul with it. Well, no, not your. Of course, we wouldn't go straight to a giant soul. I mean, like, I wouldn't even start it on on gnomes. Um, let's take this bush over here. The bushes have souls. Um, yeah, of course they do. What, is that even a question? Or... Hey, you didn't have to be a dick about it. I just asked a question. <laughs> I, I like look around to everybody else, like, uh, like, and just like <laughs> just see if anybody agreed with me, and like, I get nothing. Is the is the device prepared to to work now, or is it too broken? The gnome takes a look at the device, and he starts trying to kind of fit it all back into place, and he goes, "I, I, I can kind of." get it all to click back together, but like I said, I don't know if we'll have the magic or not. He's gonna hand it up to you. Alright, I'm going to uh, go up to like a, a mulberry brush or something like that, and then uh, cast um, Speak with Plants. Oh, okay. Huh? Uh, hello, friend. Um, I am Ferdaus. Uh, these are my cousins and, and some traveling companions, and then uh, a man with a very special magical device that we are um, going to be performing an experiment with, and uh, we would like your help. Would you say right now that you have a, a very spirited feeling about you? The answer is yes. <laughs> Great, okay. Now we're going to shoot this thing at you. Huh? Um, would you like to do the honors? And he hands it back to the gnome. And I stand far out of the way of this <laughs> thing. Okay, um... Let's see. He's gonna fiddle with it. You'll be quick about it, this spell doesn't last forever. He adjusts the focus, he, uh... You know, this thing is pretty advanced. Um, clearly he's poured a lot of his heart and soul and blood and sweat and tears into the thing, and then he focuses and he puts it up to his eye. And... Give me a higher low. Uh, low. Oh, shit. <laughs> that was fucking close. I rolled a 47. <laughs> it sputters a little bit, and then the uh, picture comes out the front, and he kind of waves it in the air and then looks at it. And the mulberry bush says, "Again." You you want us to do it again? Yeah. Uh, what did it feel like? Uh, mulberry. Hmm. Interesting. I, I take out my little notebook and I jot that down. <laughs> <laughs> then uh, <laughs> and then I turn to the the gnome. I'm like. Well, you heard the bush. <sighs> it's coming to... He's waving it in the air again and then looking at it, and you see the picture starting to emerge on the paper. <sighs> I guess I don't have to sleep in the watchtower tonight. What's wrong with sleeping in the watchtower? That's where we all slept. If I sleep in the watchtower, it means my wife might leave me. Oh, <laughs> interpersonal relationships. Well, I'd best be on my way. He tips his hat to you and uh, clearly walks a wide circle. You're forgetting uh, something. Huh? 
I do believe the bush has to be filmed a second time. Uh, it did? <laughs> yes, it did. Mads will menacingly get closer to make sure that he's going to take care of the request. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> he, just, he doesn't even focus or anything this time. He just spins around, snaps a picture, and it it waves it in the air, and it comes out completely blurry. And he says, oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, um, we best be going, uh, Barry. It's been very nice to meet you, and uh, very enlightening, this situation. Yeah. And I... <laughs> I reach out and I shake one of his branches. <laughs> God. Toodaloo. The, the, the little gnome has scurried off as you were doing that, and you guys are left to your own. That was fascinating. Cousins, we have much more important business at hand. Are we going to get after these tieflings immediately, or are we going to stay here for longer? Ah, yes, let us take leave, but, um... I will document this uh, momentous occasion of us finding out that those devices do not steal souls. Don't forget to go and get your gnome from the tower. Ah, yes. <laughs> and I just like, <laughs> I scuttle away quickly. Um, Mads will turn to Cena and he will say, uh, Cousin, it gives me great happiness to know that your leg is healed and you will no longer die in our company. Well, yeah, well, I wasn't planning, like I said, remember, I wasn't planning on dying, and I know what you're going to say. No one no plans one ever to die. Yes, but that's that's the thing. You, if you don't plan to die, then that means it's not looming over you constantly. I'm just saying, you know, I didn't plan to die, and I didn't. So, you know, but thank you. Yes, I'm glad my leg is healed, too. Can I tell you a story, Sina? Sure. This one does involve killing people. Okay, go ahead. You see, Sina, sometimes you are a village at the base of the mountain and you begin removing trees from places that you are not welcome to do so. And perhaps a giant should happen upon a snow pile and perhaps he should start chopping the tree line that is keeping the snow pile upon the mountain. And perhaps the entire town becomes buried. That town thought they were fine. Okay. You can see Creed's hand cramping up as he's scribbling all this down, and he's, like, shaking it. (laughs) So, this is is one of those stories about always expecting the unexpected. This is one of those stories about how most things want to kill you, Sheena. Yes. That's the end of the parable. (laughs) Most things want to kill you. That pause just kind of hangs in the air, and then you can hear Furthouse like, uh, clambering back up to you guys. And, uh, he's got his, uh, pocket gnome with him, and he's telling him the story of the mulberry bush. (laughs) And so that's when the bush said that it felt, um, it felt mulberry, which I believe means it felt great. That it, it, it got a sense of pride from this, uh, device's capturing of the moment. A sort of, uh instant form of uh, nostalgia. And this all took place all around the mulberry bush. All around it. Yeah, and conveniently all along the watchtower, too. Mm. Well, what was in the box? Do you find the box? Something about memory box? Uh, yes. 
She'll turn to Mads and say, thank you for the parable, Mads. I'll remember that. Good. I hope you will. Remember, cousin, few will love and care for you like your blood. I know, Mads. Thank you. He'll nod. And she'll bend down and take the box out and open it up to show the gnome what's inside. And she'll also show him the ring. Mm. Don't think it would fit me. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe as a belt. Yeah. That's exactly what I was about to say. (laughs) I mean, I don't think that you want it. It's kind of... It's it's kind of a bummer to wear. Well... I got plenty in me. They were delivering some free samples over at the watchtower, so I'm pretty uh, satiated. I'm ready to go when y'all are. Okay, I'm ready when you guys are. So the plan is that we continue heading south, correct? Well, I've been given information about the meeting place. I figure we should probably try and figure out where that is and then follow the trail if we can. Mm-hmm. The barmaid said that they were heading towards the marsh? Yes. Okay. They do have a day on us, but we're much faster than them. This is true, and that cart is much heavier. That's true. I'm getting a feeling from Fial that we should continue on this path, that we are making the right decision. Do you have another gnome in your pocket? Who is Fial? The god of mountains. There is only one mountain god, and that is the mountain. <laughs> we can agree to disagree on that, cousin. Fair enough. Your mountain was delightful, but it chooses not to speak to me from day to day, unlike Fialdis. I feel as though you just haven't spent enough time with it. Perhaps not. Maybe when all of this is done, I will try and show you what the mountain actually is. I, I would enjoy that greatly. And that just reminded me of the... <laughs> when all this is done, you and me should get an apartment together. <laughs> <laughs> On the road again, eh? On yep. the road again? Yep. Stealing plant souls on the road again. Chasing tieflings on the road again. You guys go towards the kind of service road that passes by this watchtower that they talked about mail deliveries and such. Again, there's a lot of wagon trails and things in this muddy dirt path. Um, And as you head south, you kind of merge paths with a gnome on horseback. And he's kind of hesitant at first, but he's seen you around. He was at the fight last night, so he's going to say, Hello. Hello. Good day. You heading south? Uh, yes, we are. Why would you ask such a silly question? Just making conversation. I'm heading south myself. Why would you not ask about our well-being or something that was actually going to lead to more conversation as opposed to... Or perhaps you could have led with the fact that you are also going south, although we can tell this by looking at the direction that you are going. So, actually, I don't believe that we would like to keep pace with you, because you seem poor company. Is your being well? It is. How is yours? Good enough. A little nervous. You headed to Skazakus? To what Skazakus? 
I still cannot pronounce anything you are saying. The great city of Skazakus, <laughs> that's uh, how this entire town got started. They sent some servants down to Skazakus. Apparently, you send servants down there to work and then they'll ship a lot of supplies and riches back to your poor town to make it rich and wealthy. That's what I'm going to do anyway. That seems insane and like a scam. Well, apparently uh, it's just uh, taking one for the team, I guess. I, I don't have any relatives back home, so it's not like I'm leaving anything behind. I figure, you know, I'll go work hard and make something of myself, and then my town will be taken care of. But how do you know that that's going to be the case while you're enslaved? Well, that's what they told me happened here at the Watchtower, that they sent someone down there, and then they started uh, seeing a lot of goods and supplies. Cena, could you please do me a favor and tell this man about the the town at the base of the mountain with the tree chopping? <laughs> please, it's very important he hears this. Yes, man, I'll, I'll say it. <laughs> parable telephone edition. Yeah. So, this is a parable, right? This is a parable about tree chopping at the base of a mountain. So, there is a village at the base of a mountain, right? And they cut down trees that they weren't supposed to cut down and they ended up getting buried in an avalanche don't forget that a giant that was definitely not me caused the avalanche to teach the lesson (laughs) (laughs) and the giant that was definitely not him caused the avalanche to teach townsfolk a lesson well that was a mighty good story but I'm afraid I don't really understand am I Am I the village? The tree? Yes, you are the village. I'm gonna get avalanched? Probably. Well, I don't know why the tieflings would much want to avalanche me. I never did anything to them. Here's the thing. We have not done much to them, and they have infiltrated and tried to steal our souls, among other things. Your souls? Yes. This is a very serious matter. Which is why we are hunting them. Well, if they're so bad, how do you explain all the the way this watchtower grew into a bustling city? I've been here before, and it was a poor town. It doesn't seem as though the tieflings had anything to do with that. We were near the watchtower and stayed there for a day or two. I defeated their champion. And the only thing that we discovered while we were there is that the tieflings give them wide berth. I don't think they visit the towns that they help out. They just deliver supplies and the town can do whatever they want. They definitely do not deliver supplies. They only buy them. Well, that don't make no kind of sense. Are you calling me a liar? (laughs) No, sir. I'm just trying to figure out. I've already come a long ways. I I think I should maybe just see this through because... They tell me that they get supplies, and I sure would like to help my town out. It's not like anyone thought anything of me, but they'll sure change their minds if I can help them out. I'll make something of myself. You will die a slave. Though I hope you're not right about that. Hey, you wouldn't want to come with me, would you, and just, like, bodyguard? I mean, we are heading the same direction. And I do enjoy killing tieflings. I do need to point out, you have severely slowed your pace trying to walk with this dude on his horse. How big is the horse and how big is the dude? Right? Like, come on. 
He's a gnome, so it's more like a fucking pony. Okay. So what you're telling me is, is I can carry him like a football. <laughs> Horse and all. <laughs> yeah, he got a pocket and an um, open hand. Let's let's ask. Can we ask first? Uh, she'll she'll bend down and she'll be like, "Listen, so we were traveling pretty fast, and keeping pace with you and your pony is a little bit of an issue. Would you mind terribly if we carried you two? Curious how? That just opened the hand. Like you see, I have this little, and she she keeps Gygax in a pocket, her little raccoon. And she's like, you see how I keep my raccoon in this pocket? So like, you could ride with him, and I could just like holster your horse or something. Yeah, you better holster him. I wouldn't want him defecating in your pocket. Especially not with you in it. <laughs> That's what I was thinking of. Okay. You... I guess I'll get there quicker. Um. We'll just add that onto the payment schedule. It's not so bad riding in a pocket. It's kind of comfy, actually. You go real fast and well taken care of, and you can see a long ways. We'll probably just ask you to sign off on any of the spoils once we murder all of these slavers. <laughs> well, all right then. I guess as long as any guys mads, you know, as long as. Y'all are gonna be good to me. I guess it's better having giants on my side. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I see no reason to do it you any harm. Okay then. Hey, let's Cena pick him up and pocket him. All right. Now Mads has to get a fucking po- pocket monster. <laughs> 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 Can we take turns like uh, tossing the horse between each other, like uh, playing catch? <laughs> sack with the horse oh my god <laughs> no that would hurt it like i'm, I'm just talking about you know just just toss it you know playing catch Mats, would you like to carry the horse <laughs> no would you like to carry gygax no <laughs> i am fine for now i will find someone who also worships the mountain but might be smaller than i and i too will carry them in my pocket Okay, Mads, that's a good thing for you to aspire to. You can always borrow mine if you'd like. I do not want your pity friend pocket. Thank you very much, Fairness. <sighs> With a shot. <laughs> a pity pocket friend is really no friend at all, Fairness. You must know that in your heart. I still think he's a great friend. And I kind of, like, use my pinky to sort of fist bump little pocket gnome. Your friend is not one of pity. It is one that you have gained through justice and righteousness. I guess I make no distinction about the friend in a pocket and their origin of pity or not. I don't don't know how to form this thought completely, (laughs) but it still holds true in my mind. You guys keep pressing on, and some days go by without incident. As far as I know, I'm actually going to have you roll survivals real quick, and please put them in the chat. Oh, jeez. Or what's rapidly becoming seen as Grace? Oh, no. Sick. 
How warm is it where we are? You guys would have been shedding clothing along the way because it's like moving from the Pacific Northwest down to California. Oh, okay. Because, yeah, uh, we don't deal with heat very well, so. It's not scorching hot. It's just like you wouldn't be wearing the same number of layers. Yep. Creed rolled like shit. Okay. Um. <laughs> oh, fuck, Matt. Okay, here's what happens. You guys make camp one night, and Creed was out kind of scavenging for some food, berries, whatever. And he excitedly comes back and he says, Well, I found some berries. And he approaches Mads, and he's because Mads is tending to the fire, and he says, Think these will do for you? And he hands them to you. It's a big cluster he cut off this bush. I only eat meat. Well, it'll be good for the rest of us. And he excitedly, like, kind of shoves them into your hands. And Mads, you immediately see signs on these berries, like vibrant colors on the leaves, and you get a sick feeling in your stomach that these are probably really poisonous. (laughs) And as soon as you notice that, uh, you look down at his hands, and they're already starting to turn a color of red against the firelight. Um, I'm going to throw the berries into the fire. Oh, never heard, thought about roasting berries. Interesting. Don't touch them anymore, you moron. Huh? I think they're poisonous. Oh, shit. And he looks down at his hands, and you see them starting to break out pretty severely. Oh, I'm terribly sorry. I had no idea. I thought you might know what to do with them. I hope you did not eat any of them. No, I thought you might know how to prepare them. I just cut a cluster off and was going to give it to you. I was excited. I thought I did some great wilderness thing. Please be quiet. You are making my head hurt. (laughs) Is everything okay over there? Our friend Creed is trying to poison us. But only accidentally. My hands are itching mighty fierce. Oh, no. Um, hang on. I think I might be able to do some artificer bullshit to fix this. <laughs> <laughs> and this whole time while this is going on, uh, Ferdous has not been paying attention, and he's been, like, um, sort of writing runes into the sand around the fire, and then um, occasionally, like, throwing little droplets of water in it. It looks like he's trying to figure something out, and it's just not working. Uh, Mads is going to go up to Ferdous, and he's going to say, uh, Cousin... I need you to help me with uh, discovering some game. We are running short on rations, and I believe we must we must hunt. I don't believe it has to happen this evening, but there's no time as good as the present. They say the the best time to plant a tree is twenty years ago, but the second best time is right now. Damn! You are wise beyond your years, cousin. Very wise. Some have said that yet I still can't make this work, and he takes his foot and just kicks the the runes out of that he kind of carved into the dirt um, and covers them up. Cena, would you like to go on a hunt with us? Hunting? I think that would be fun. I've never been hunting before. Mads will uh, hand you a uh, a javelin. Come. <laughs> She doesn't even know how to hold it. She does that thing where, like, like kind of has her arms wrapped around it. She's got no idea. I will remain here and tend to the fat bard. 
Thank you, Bogdana. It's I and also I was incorrect. I can't do any artificer bullshit. <laughs> Mads, your hands are starting to get splotchy. Um, I would like to try and lay on hands on my own hands. <laughs> <laughs> he just claps some together. <laughs> it's like when Bart was trying to do the one hand clapping thing on The Simpsons. <laughs> Does healing them work or no? Yeah, you'll be fine. You see it start to clear up immediately. Fucking paladin bullshit. I'm into it. But Creed is over there by the fire, just itching away so fiercely at his hands. Should I go try to heal him before we leave? No, he must learn his lesson. <laughs> you can see Bogdana tending to him, doing whatever it is she's doing. Okay, good. Bogdana's looking after him. That's good. That's good. It's not dark. It's kind of dusk. It's like blue sky, like it's going to get dark soon, but you guys can do what you're going to do. I've never been hunting before. I think this is going to be very exciting. It's actually incredibly boring, usually, for most of the time until that one We're going to drive game, Fyrdus. We have the beautiful advantage of you, who can transform into animals. (laughs) So the plan is you're going to circle around to the east, and Cena and I will continue going south. We'll find a thicket up ahead, perhaps maybe a quarter of a mile. And we will stop and we will find a uh, blind. You try and lead any stags that you can our direction. Well, just make sure not to hit me. Well, yes, you'll be a doe. Oh. Yes, you're getting my plan now, aren't you? I'm getting it. I'm not exactly liking it. <laughs> we used a, a much different method down in the Dalek's gag. But um, if this is how you wish to hunt, I, I guess I'll oblige. I'm just trying to be quick about it, sir. And uh, yeah, I, I cast um, B-shape and turn into a doe. And I will head out east around um, to the, the far side of the thicket. You're kind of in the hybrid section between the normal wooded forests and where it starts to get a little swampy, so there's there's still a few woodsy trees, but then you're also seeing some vines and the water the ground is kinda of getting mushy with some watery spots and every uh once in a while I'm gonna make the sort of dough noises and stuff. What are we gonna roll for you here? What do you think? seems like it would be a deception, but it's also... It, it could also be animal handling. This is kind of your hunt, Mads. What are you thinking? I think uh, animal handling is a really good, uh, like, off-the-wall kind of idea. Let's do it. Alright. Uh, 14 plus 3. 17. Oh, shit. You've had plenty of experience in your transformations to kind of not just look like the animal, but learn its ways. You've been a druid long enough to study how these things work, and deer is such a common one. And so, Firdas, you, even though it's not necessarily in season, you can kind of manipulate your wild shape to (laughs) go into heat or whatever the deer do, and you, (laughs) you know, your pheromones go out, and you're just kind of, it's a waiting game at this point. So, while you're off doing that, uh, Mads and Cena, what are you guys doing? 
So, you know, there are a few things that you must know before these stags get closer. Okay. First, where their front leg is, you're going to aim just behind center mass. If you pierce the lungs or the heart, you will stop them, and they will die, and we will go and finish them humanely. However, you must be careful not to be low. Low will just wound them. They will still not survive, but we will never find them. This is the ultimate disgrace as a hunter. We don't wound. Okay. Now, the other thing that you must understand is, were this bigger game we were hunting, sometimes you must wait for them to bleed out because you cannot be too careful. Hooves and horns and things of those natures. They will tear you limb from limb. But these creatures are small. They will cut their throats or step on their heads and roast their meat and give thanks to the mountain for it. Okay. Like I said, I've never been hunting before, so all of this is news to me. We will see how you do. I am confident you will do well. And we will wait. Give me a higher low real quick. Um, low. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Feardos, it takes a while. You guys are waiting at least an hour or two into the night. And then with your doughy ears, you're able to pick up the sound of something stirring off in the distance to the trees. Ah, this is the part I was fearing. Okay, don't get too close, you fucking horny bastard. <laughs> Just follow me, and I'll start, like, sort of, um, you know, slowly going towards where I need the, the stag to follow me to. Okay, roll me another animal handling now that you've drawn one in. Alright, um, that is not as good. It's a 5 plus 3, so an 8. As you start to move, the stirring in the distance stops. Then it takes off running. Um... Which direction did you go from the people? Me? East. I, I just did what uh, Mads had suggested. I'll say one is north, so then I do that, and we'll go clockwise. Yeah, it starts heading north, uh, completely away from the group. Yeah, you guys are out of luck. This thing did not buy the deception. It took off running. Alright, I'm going to start running after it. Oh, okay. Give me athletics. With your deer stats. Alright. That was just a um, twelve. Okay, you're uh, you're kind of making pace with this deer, and you're ducking under branches, and you're leaping over roots, and um, it's easy enough for you in this form to navigate through the night. But you can follow his scent. This goes on for about uh, roll a uh, I guess a con save. Uh, that was a lot better. Um, 17, and I might... Yeah, this is still as the deer. Connors plus zero. Yeah. You're you're only able to keep pace with it. It must be a fairly large size, and you can wild shape yourself, you know, to try and match pace. But what it doesn't have on you is your, uh, your endurance to keep running. And so after several minutes of just an all-out sprint, you can sense that his rustling and the smell of it is getting stronger and closer and uh 
how what would you like to do? What's your game plan as you start to come up on this deer as it's getting winded? Um, so as it starts to slow down, I'm going to um, drop my form as uh, deer, and then um, <laughs> just I can move faster as a, as a giant, and I'm gonna just like gain the rest of the distance as as the giant <laughs> just reach down and grab it. As soon as you become the giant, you lose all perception of where this deer was. All you know is that it was in front of you. You don't know how far, you don't know. And so you're scanning in the darkness with your dark vision. Um, give me a perception check at uh, disadvantage. Right. Unless you want to, if you have a light on you, you could light a light, but this is with your bare eyes. <laughs> bare eyes. Yeah, that is a 7 plus 3, so only a 10. You know that he's right there, but the way that bucks blend into their environment, it's like <laughs> he could have—he could be laying right in front of you in the dark, and it would be difficult for you to tell. What would you like to do? Ah, oh, well, shit. Um, I beast form again, this time into a panther. <laughs> and pick up the, um, the smell and, and start um, chasing it again. It's not going to run for long. Um, the buck starts to get winded and you're able to come up from behind and do the classic nature documentary with the claws and on its back and taking it down <laughs> and biting at its thighs. And uh, eventually you fell this buck. The way that animals do, he just kind of accepts it. He lays down and let you take over. As soon as it's down, I'm going to like kind of circle around to its neck and then just, you know, bite down real hard on its throat until it stops moving. The deer stops. And then I'm just going to start um, uh, pulling it along the way, like um, as panthers do. <laughs> pull it towards <laughs> you're not going to go back to becoming a... You're not going to turn into a giant? <laughs> oh, my adrenaline was running as the panther and this, <laughs> like, you know, it just feels really good in the moment and everything. <laughs> so... Mads and Cena, you uh, hear the leaves rustling, and down, down below you, you can spot this panther dragging a huge fucking buck behind it. It's maybe a little bigger than a panther. It seems like he's adapted his size to be able to lug this thing behind him. I uh, will go over and grab the buck and, uh, like, lift it up. Yeah, I release it when he comes over to grab it. Yep. <laughs> You're just like a little dog hanging onto a toy. <laughs> Yeah, and like, uh, as, as he does grab it and start walking away, I, I kind of, like, um, catch back up to him, and I kind of rub on his legs like a cat um, rubs on you while you're walking. Um, as we're walking, though, I'll take out a knife, and I will very carefully um, start field dressing it. And then, like, as I do it, though, I will uh, also cut around the hooves with the knife, and just in, like, a couple of fell, like, easy motions because of how strong I am as a giant, I will just completely take the entire hide off of this thing in a couple of easy tugs. Yeah, that's no big deal. This thing's about the size of a medium dog to you. So that's what field dressing looks like. Normally you do not remove the skin for field dressing, but this animal is small enough that we can manage, so it is good to be ready when we get back. It's very interesting. Do either of you have anything that, like, sort of hangs off of you as you walk? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Cena's got, like, 
probably she's got like tassels on her boots, and those probably hang off. Yeah, I'm gonna be like swatting at those things like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry, I couldn't help it. It's. Oh, that's right. You can talk in beast form. That was established. We rolled for it. Fairdaus, can you stop playing with my boots, please? Just, just a little longer. <laughs> I can't help myself when I'm in this form. Here, Gygax, go back to camp. Chase Gygax. <laughs> <laughs> I bolt after it. <laughs> just don't destroy him, please. You hear no answer. <laughs> it just disappears into the bushes. <laughs> I'm going to imagine that that was Fyrdus' way of saying no promises. I have a feeling that I'm going to regret that. Oh well, as long as the jewel inside them doesn't go missing, I can fix it. Oh, he's going to be so mad at me. <laughs> I just wonder, cousin, why has it been so long since we have seen each other? don't know. Really, I mean, I have been away from the mountains for a long time. I feel as though, oftentimes, we find walls in our way. Walls that we do not remember constructing ourselves. And I wish to break these walls down. This is good. Do you usually break your walls down, Mats? Or is this more of like a one-time-only thing? This is definitely sort of a, a one-time-only sort of thing. I'm glad it was here. I'm glad that I was here for it. I too am glad. I worry, though. I fear that we will not all return from this journey. I think that we all have a decent chance of coming back, but I feel like... I feel like something is brewing, if that makes sense. There is only one thing that I would ask of you, cousin. If I die far away from my home, please, turn me to the mountain. A boulder who breaks apart so far cannot rejoin. I will, Matt. Thank you, cousin. You guys return to camp? And Bogdana has Creed's hands all wrapped up in bandages. And she's roasting some herbs and things she found on a piece of metal over the fire. Just very makeshift. And so uh, you guys come strolling in with this huge honk of meat. And for the first time in at least a couple days, you guys have yourself a medium dog-sized feast. Giants March is a production by the Time to Die Podcast Network. It's one of our many different stories. If you'd like to find out more, visit timetodierpg.com.
If you're enjoying the show, we would be ever so grateful for a review on your favorite podcatcher or a shout out on social media. Post about us on Reddit or Twitter. Share us with a friend. Whatever you can do to let people know that we exist and that you think our shows are worth a listen. If you would like to support us financially, you can pledge monthly at patreon.com slash time to die RPG. Or you can give us a one-time donation at ko-fi.com slash time to die RPG. Want to hang out with us? We have a Discord server. The link is in the episode description, or you can find it at our Time to Die website. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Time to Die RPG. Find us on Reddit at r slash Time to Die RPG. Tim, who plays Mads, is on Twitter at IdaGrabYourGun. Chris, who plays FearDoss, is on Twitter at ChrisRileyLCP. Aubrey, who plays Cena, is on Twitter at AubreyGray1. That's A-U-B-R-E-E-G-R-A-Y. And the number one. And I, Brian Bridges, the GM of this campaign, am on Twitter at ManlyBrian. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode of The Giant's March. Mm-hmm.